The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the startling things that makes John's gospel decidedly different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke is there is no institution narrative. What is that, the institution narrative? The institution narrative is the retelling of what happened blow by blow during the Last Supper, which we do find in Matthew 26, in Mark 14 and in Luke chapter 22. But nowhere in John. The reason, I believe, is that omission is because John is not worried so much about the content of the Last Supper as much as about the consequences of the Last Supper. That he does not want to share the mechanics of the Mass as much as the menu of the Mass. What's for dinner? That is the real meaning of the bread and the wine of the Last Supper. John helps us understand the menu of the Mass, what was served at the Last Supper, in John chapter 6 with the Bread of Life discourse, and in John chapter 15 with the discourse of the true vine, In other words, John chapter 6, the beloved disciple wants to teach us the bread of life is Jesus. And in John chapter 15, he wants to convince us that Jesus is the true vine. Why? Because what do vine branches grow? Grapes. And what do you make out of grapes? Wine of the Eucharist. In other words, John wants to tell us what is on the menu of the Mass, and it is Jesus himself. That is why we read in today's Gospel from John chapter 6, verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The menu of the Mass, in other words, consists of Holy Communion, in Jesus' body and blood.
Sadly, today many Catholics question or doubt what's on the menu of the Mass. They lack faith in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. They think it's just a little piece of bread or a little sip of wine or at best a symbol but not the real deal. That is maybe one reason why God has blessed us with tremendous Eucharistic miracles up and down the centuries to help our unbelief. Let me mention a few of the more notable miracles of the Eucharist. For example, some saints have lived purely on consuming Holy Communion and fasting from every other food. Can you imagine? Teresa Newman from Bavaria survived on no solid food except the Eucharist for 36 years, from 1926 to 1962. In Lanciano, Italy, in the 8th century, meaning the 700s, the host, the bread of the Eucharist, became human flesh. According to tradition, a monk who had doubts about the real presence of Jesus in the Mass said the words of consecration, holding the bread in his hand, and the bread and the wine changed into real flesh and blood. He did not have trouble with the mechanics of the Mass, but with what was on the menu of the Mass. In 1263, a disbelieving priest celebrated Mass in Bolsena, a city north of Rome, and the bread of the Eucharist began to bleed. The blood from the host fell onto the corporal. That's that small white square cloth directly below the host and the chalice. And the blood formed the face of Jesus, as is traditionally depicted. The priest came to believe immediately. I think I would too. The following year, in 1264, Pope Urban IV instituted the Feast of Corpus Christi. Why? He wanted people to know not only the mechanics of the Mass, when to stand, when to sit, when to kneel, when to bow, but also what is really on the menu, namely the real presence. Jesus' body and blood. The great Renaissance painter Raphael depicted this Eucharistic miracle of Balseno in a huge fresco he painted in the Vatican. Folks, let me conclude with a caution and a caveat. The Church does not require you to believe in these Eucharistic miracles as an article of faith. Although she has verified them and declared them to be worthy of belief, they're good, but not necessary for you to believe. That is, such miracles may help you if your faith is faltering, like that monk and like that priest and like so many Catholics today. Eucharistic miracles fall into the category of private revelations like apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary. These miracles are not part of public revelation, which are necessary for salvation and ended with the death of the last apostle, who incidentally 
was John, the writer of the fourth gospel. After all, it is in John chapter 20 that Jesus says to Thomas, Blessed are those who have not seen and still believe. Public revelation is what we must believe in order to be saved. And in that faith, we must know both the mechanics as well as the menu of the Mass. Praised be Jesus Christ.